Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast. The Power Your Advice podcast is designed to bring financial advisors new ideas, why those ideas should be considered, and how to implement them into your business. This podcast is brought to you by Advisorpedia, the best place for advisors to grow their minds and businesses. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello and welcome to the podcast. We're live at the Sanctuary Oasis Conference 2022 in Las Vegas. Our next guest is Brian Cook, who co-leads Cook Financial Group alongside his brother, Chris. Cook Financial Group has been helping private and institutional clients plan and manage their wealth for over 50 years. Welcome, Brian. Oh, thanks, Doug. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. How did your firm get started so long ago? Uh, We're very fortunate. Um, and matter of fact, I'll get into this a little bit, but uh, we're a third generation business already, um, which is quite remarkable um, in today's day and age. But my dad started it uh, 53 years ago. He was a pilot in the Air Force back in the Vietnam era, 1969. He had been selling some insurance to his pilot buddies. And then the next thing you know, he said, hey, I can get into an industry where I can be home for sports, I can coach my kids, etc. And let's try financial services. And so moved down to Indianapolis. And there, there it is that, you know, there lies the story. So you grew up with your dad as a financial advisor. Tell me a little bit what you learned from your father that you brought to what you're doing today. That's a great, that's a great question. Both my mom and my dad uh, were deeply involved in the business. On weekends, they would go to one of the neighboring buildings and walk the 14 floors or the 17 floors and figure out what industries were on uh, on each level and try to figure out who the CEO might be or the CFO. And my dad was selling um, retirement plans at the time and it worked out really well. It gave him a great entree to the institutional world and then a lot of private clients came from that as well. And then as a kid, you know, Chris and I spent a ton of time at, you know, in that generation, you had a lot of dinners at home, which was great. Uh, before sporting events or what have you. And uh, our conversations um, surrounded the stock market a little bit, economy, um, savings, the power of compounding. And so Chris and I learned at an early age that uh, money could provide great things for people and communities. And so um, we've kind of been in the business a long, long time. Do you remember when the, the business made the shift from selling plans and insurance to becoming more wealth managers? Uh, it definitely would happen before I got there, and I've been there 30 years. Uh, so at some point in time, my dad started taking the CEOs and the CFOs and taking their families and then enhancing their lives financially. And I think it, that became more of the core of his business than just the retirement plan world. And so our business today is you know 97% high net worth retail families um, in a real fee orientation. Uh, we don't have very many retirement plans anymore. We tend to farm those out or give those to other experts to do because it's just not our forte today. We're much better at the private client business. Did you and your brother decide to do this together to join the firm and here you are co- co-managing it? That's a, no, actually not, surprisingly. <laughs> uh, we were never really um, pushed to be in the industry. Uh, my, I don't know if my dad didn't encourage it or just let us make this, those decisions, but uh, two, two stories there. Chris uh, went to Notre Dame and then he was studying to be a CPA and he came out one summer and interned with my father 
and realized our clients had a shortfall kind of in the insurance area. They were doing a lot of estate planning, and at the time, Chris started helping sell insurance to, to clients that needed it to enhance their their family's planning. And I think it put us on the, it's called like the million-dollar roundtable list. And so I think Chris, the light bulb went off like, wow, there's a huge need in in this insurance area, maybe I should focus on estate planning. And so he went out and got his law degree. So he kind of always was geared towards entering into the business somehow because he knew he could help my dad. Mm-hmm. My path was a little different. Graduated from uh, Indiana University in 1989 uh, through the Kelly Business School. And I started selling candy. So Brock's Candy was my first entry into the sales world. Wow. You know, the cinnamon discs and the yeah. butterscotch discs, the kind of the grandma's candy. And it was a great. It was a great company. It was Jakob Suchard owned Brock's at the time, a Swiss company, and I worked there a year. And then I was at a food show, showing off a product, and I met a the manager from Eminem Mars, and he said, "You got to come over and work for our company." So I, I switched candy companies and I started selling Eminems and Snickers around the state of Indiana. And then there's the transition. So right, what is the transition? Uh, year year or so with Eminem Mars, I kind of got a nice little promotion and uh, was going to take over a key account, but the to do so, I had to move from Indianapolis to Detroit. And my dad, at that time, we had one of those family dinners, and he said, "What are you doing? You know, your family's in Indianapolis. Your friends are here. Why don't you try my business? If you hate it, go back and sell candy." And so I said, "I'll give you two years. If I, I'll see how I do. See if I like it." And fell in love. Thirty years later, here I am. That's great. Um, Cook Financial was the first partner firm to join Sanctuary. What was the reasoning behind that, and why did you bet on Sanctuary? And I give my brother a lot of credit. Chris is a pretty good visionary, and we were in the wirehouse world at the time with Wells Fargo Advisors. We just weren't super happy there. We were a little more entrepreneurial spirited, and we said, let's get into the um, independent space. You know, our focus is Cook Financial Group, but we think there's a phenomenal opportunity in the independent space. Why don't you go find six or eight teams? Let's pile us together and make this wonderful co-op of like-minded folks, give us some buying power, some cheaper custody relationships, et cetera. And next thing you know, Jim's gone out and found 75 partner firms across the country <laughs> and it's grown like a weed. I mean, honestly, we, we didn't expect it. Right. And now you're at 25 billion in four years. It's unimaginable. It, it, honestly, it really is. And I think it's going to double again in another two years. The, the pipeline is really robust and full. And it's the highest quality caliber folks that you'd want. The, the guys and girls that are in the corner offices that are disgruntled at the wirehouse uh, world, they, they want this independence. They want this thing that we've created. And it's easy to bolt onto Sanctuary. They, may, they make it really easy and they provide a great service. So what we've built here together at Sanctuary is working. What do you think, it's, what do you think are the things that are, make it so attractive for people to join? Uh, some of it's probably uh, maybe the ease of going independent. You're kind of I, I call it on training wheels a little bit. If you go completely independent, you have to staff up for that. You got to get a CFO. You have to uh, have a compliance officer. Um, there's a lot more to it. But when you just bolt onto someone that's already have has a wonderful platform built, you can tack you know just tap tap into those services that are already provided. So. I think that makes it quite easy. And there's some good competition out there, but I just think the message resonates because you physically own your practice. It's a 1099 book of business. Some of us have shares of sanctuary as well. So we're, we're all invested in the mothership, so to speak. We want sanctuary to succeed. 
and be a great service provider. And they seem to get the right message that Sanctuary views the independent firms as the client. And then, of course, we view our clients as, as our, our clients. And um, so it, it, the partnership works really, really well. So I think it's, it's an easy fit for guys that want to get out of the wirehouse world. So back to your firm a little bit. How are you thinking about working with future generations? That's a good one. And we spend a lot of time on it. Um, and we know it's a necessity. You know, if you looked at our practice, Cook Financial Group, you've got two partners in Chris and Brian. We're mid-50s. We've been doing it 30 years, and we're not going to do it forever. I mean, we love it. And, you know, my dad worked till he was 75. He still comes in for two lunches, a, you know, a week. Uh, and just to see his boys and, and talk to some of his favorite clients. So we're in the relationship business. You get it, Doug. I see us doing it for a long time, but we know we got to build this infrastructure for another layer uh, to help clients in their next generations as well. So what we've done so far, um, we have hired one or two folks in that area. Tammy Williams is a rock star for us. She's been with us six years. She helped us transition to independence uh, when she was with David A. Noyes. Now she's, you know, obviously a partner, uh, Cook Financial Group. And she's in that kind of mid 30 zone. Um, and then we now have our first third generation uh, in John Cook. So my brother's oldest son, John joined us uh, two months ago. He was working at Morgan Stanley out in Chicago. We finally convinced him that Indianapolis is not a bad place to live. And uh, so he and his fiance uh, bought a place near Butler University. And he's been with us two months, fully licensed, great kid, uh, you know, knowledgeable. He totally understands the business, been trained well at, at Morgan, which is nice. Um, kind of cut his teeth somewhere else. What we just didn't want to happen was he come to, into Cook Financial Group with the right last name mm-hmm. and, and feel like he was an owner. We want him to earn it. So right now he's a CA and he works for a couple of the advisors and he's learning the operations and the trading and all of our the way we do business before we really make him a full-time financial advisor. So that's one layer. But we need more really good quality young financial advisors. I think the industry needs more. And so we're trying to recruit it. And we got stuff out on LinkedIn and um, asking our millennial friends if there's any interest. And so we're even doing things like going to Purdue and looking at their CFA program and trying to find some young graduates that that want to, you know, work with the top performing team and kind of earn their way into that, earn that way into advice. As a business, I imagine you have a lot of clients who are either at or approaching the decumulation part of their their lives. Yes. And then you have all these new generation people that you have to worry about. So how do you think about that and build and manage your business? It is. It, it, we were always um, a practice of word of mouth only. We did zero marketing, a um, little old school. You know, my dad built a beautiful book of business, uh, was one of the top producers at Prudential. And um, that, you know, then we transitioned over to Wells Fargo, et cetera. And so I, I'd say half or more of our business still feels a little like that the old a little of the old school we have a lot of clients that are older you know mm-hmm. 70 and above they've accumulated a ton of assets and they're in that distribution phase of life and so some of it is to help them distribute to future generations for their families and distribute or gift to the community and so we're in, doing a lot of philanthropic planning with those older clients when it comes to gathering new millennials and trying to take care of that that world the, you know the Tammy Williams is in the and the John Cooks that are my young nephew. Um, we're doing a lot more in social media. We finally hired a a director of marketing, um, a, a gentleman named Taylor Hall. He's only been with us a couple months, but 
he's really put our brand out there on social media uh, via Instagram. I think we're doing Twitter now um, and a ton on LinkedIn. And so we're, we're doing a good job of PR and branding. And I think that really caters to the millennials. I and mean, they, they seem to resonate with video content and, um, you know, short bursts of information. Um, so I, I, we're beginning to do a good job of that. I think we have a lot of room to improve. You've been through one succession with your father and you and your, your brother. So it's really important for advisors to think about succession plans moving forward. Is that something that you guys are already thinking about? Yeah, we do. It, it, our succession uh, with my dad worked out great. But we were really fortunate. What we did there was uh, along the way, I might prep a meeting, meet with Mr. and Mrs. Jones with my dad, sit there, kind of be a fly on the wall, take good notes. The next meeting at the next quarter, I might present one topic of the presentation, only talk for 10 minutes of the hour. The next meeting, I might lead the meeting and dad would add some color. And so that took a few years, quite frankly, to really give the clients confidence that we had um, the mental fortitude to, to help them along the way. And it was a great transition for our clients. And I think they really appreciated it. I mean, you know, you know you're going to get taken care of by a family member. And I think that was really important. We try to treat treat our clients as family, as well as all of our teammates. Um, so we're going to try to do a really good job of transitioning the next layer to the to our millennials, our, our young FAs. And I think Chris and I will do a good job because we, we had such a good mentor in our dad that I think we'll kind of carry that same philosophy through. So you and Chris can come in for a couple lunches a week and see. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, I, I, I feel like my dad knows when a wholesaler is going to be there and, and, and you know, going to buy us lunch and, and going to present an interesting topic. And those are the days he comes in. <laughs> and then he always has an extra half hour or whatever that, he, that he'll grab a cookie and he'll sit down in your office and he'll want to talk a little bit about his favorite client or how's Mrs. Jones doing or um, let's take a look at a little something in my own portfolio that I'm considering, or let's talk about this estate planning idea I just read about. So he's still got a phenomenal mind. Um, and I, I know he misses the business, but he's also really, really proud of his two boys um, that have taken it to a whole nother level. I mean, we probably, we've probably quadrupled our business since Chris and I joined, and we'd love to do it again. Uh, uh, we, we think we could do it again. Um, but we do have a, just such, such a great mentor and friend in our dad that I love that he still has the, you know, the wherewithal to come in and join us when he's in town. So it's fun. Brian, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us today and sharing your journey. Uh, Doug, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Good seeing you. To learn more about Cook Financial Group, visit Cook, C-O-O-K-E-F-G dot com. Please follow us for timely updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everybody at Advisorpedia, our producer, Julia Smolin, and the Power Your Advice podcast team. This is Doug Heikinen.